Uh, thank you very much, Gordon, and thank you for attending this evening. Um, I'm just going to talk about the, the Irish experience, particularly the, um, the Commission to Inquire into Child Abuse that was established in uh, 1999, in May 1999, and completed its work in May uh, 2009. Um, uh, it, it focused entirely on residential uh, childcare. Um, it didn't deal with foster care, so it was only uh, residential childcare and primarily reformatory and industrial schools, but not exclusively reformatory and industrial schools. Um, one of the difficulties from a historical point of view around such inquiries, and I'm just using the Irish uh, example as a case study, is with these inquiries, the multiple functions that they're being asked to um, undertake. So in the case of the the Ryan Commission became known as the uh, the first chairperson was Mary Lafoy, who resigned in 2003, and then Sean Ryan was appointed from 2004 to the completion of the report in 2009. <coughs> so as Gordon said, it's better known as uh, the Ryan Report. But it had a therapeutic, it had an investigative function, and it had a function to provide a historical record. Um, and as I will explain, that proved to be very difficult. Um, the therapeutic function took the form of a, a confidential committee where about 800 people talked to any social workers about their experience in the care system. Um, and that became volume three of the, the final report. Uh, but, but in that report, nobody can be named, no institution can be named, and no place can be named. So it's a very generalized account of um, the perceptions of about 800 people as told to a number of social workers. It was not oral history, because that wasn't the function. It was a therapeutic function where you're not challenged. You simply tell your, your story. Um, the second part was the investigative committee, which was to look in a bit more detail about specific allegations. Um, um, and again, about 700 people gave evidence before the committee in respect of that. So it's a relatively no number of people who gave evidence to the committee, and I'll come back to that point in a moment. Um, I should have also said, initially, as late as April 1999, a month before the commission was announced, uh, it was only going to investigate child sexual abuse in the institutions. Um, a month later, they changed their mind, and it was to incorporate all forms of abuse. But as, but as late as April 2000, or 1999, it was to be sexual abuse only. So uh, unlike the, Canadian, the Australian one, it, from day one, it was quite broad in its scope. But as a historical record, there are four methodological difficulties uh, with the report. Firstly, uh, the use of archives. The, the entire archive of our Department of Education, who had responsibility primarily for industrial and reformatory schools for their inspection, for their funding, regulation, etc., was rarely used, um, partly because there was no historian on the Commission of Inquiry. Um, they were all lawyers, because the chairs were lawyers and nearly all the staff were legal scholars rather than historians. So there wasn't a single historian uh, either on the commission or employed by the commission. Um, uh, so the archive of the Department of Education is used very sparsely. They, secondly, they never sought discovery of the Department of Health files. A large number of children went through the institutions to our health authorities. And that's ignored completely in the report because that context of, um, of the number of children placed there by the health authorities 
uh, they never sought the archive on that because it, it wasn't that important. The historical account wasn't particularly important. So, so in, in the entirety of the report, which is about 2,600 pages, there's really only 16 pages around the history of the industrial reformatory school system and indeed the, the broader picture. When it deals with individual institutions, there's a brief context to say the Dangan Reform School opened in 1870, and there's some selective quotes from some of the files from Dangan, but it's not, it's not a history using the archives and putting it in, in any kind of context. So, uh, partly I think because there was no historian, there was really no use of the extensive archives that was there that would assist in providing one of their functions as an authoritative historical record. The archive is always going to be limited, uh, but the fact that they made very little use of that um, rendered it problematic to provide a historical account of the institutions. Um, the second methodological difference was that the, the Commission didn't place reformatory and industrial schools in their broader context of what I've, myself and a colleague Ian O'Donnell in a book called Coercive Confinement in Ireland, that by the 1950s, well, 1% of the population was in one form of an institution or another from reformatory schools, industrial schools, psychiatric hospitals, mother and baby homes, Magdalen homes. So uh, prisons, prisons actually had the smallest number. We had a tiny number. We had only about 500 people in prison. We had 21,000 in psychiatric hospitals. We had the highest rate of psychiatric hospitalization in the world uh, by the late 1950s. And it wasn't that the Irish were madder than any other race. It's rather that there was an economic logic behind the use of these institutions. So our argument uh, in that book, of course, the confinement in Ireland, is that the populations in all of these institutions decline roughly around the same time. And that's because we no longer needed to use them in the way we had for the first 40 years of independence. Very materialist argument, but we argue that you can see the decline in all the institutions because our economy changed. We moved from an agrarian society to an industrial society. Uh, so the use of these institutions to rid ourselves of surplus populations declined as our economy changed. Um, so when you read the accounts of the reformatory industrial schools, it's almost that they operate in complete isolation from the broader economy and from the use of other institutions in Irish society. And many of them are interlinked because many of the kids who left reformatory and industrial schools went to psychiatric hospitals, their mothers were in Magdalene homes or mother and baby homes. So there's a whole linkage um, uh, that, that should have been taken into account. Uh, thirdly is the comparative perspective. Um, there's, there's a passage in, I think it's volume three of the, the, the Commission's report, where it describes, it simply gives a list of all the implements that those who gave testimony described being beaten with. So it's, it's an extensive list of about 100 different implements. And I remember being really struck by the, by the paragraph, but then it can be more struck when reading the account of the inquiry in Norway. And there's an almost identical passage which lists all of the implements. The difference, we had hurleys, they had ski straps, but otherwise, it was extraordinarily similar. And I remember thinking, well, part of our narrative in Ireland was this was the bad Catholic church, and it was Christian brothers and sisters of mercy doing all of this beating of children. Best of my knowledge, there are no Christian brothers in Norway, there are no sisters of mercy in Norway, but yet you get the same um, experience. So it's, it's something about the corruption of care within institutions, not a function of the Catholic church, because you just simply get this experience uh, irrespective of who runs it, whether it's lay people, whether it's religious, uh, or different. Um. So, so there's that kind of context that actually what was happening in Ireland was quite similar to what was happening in institutions elsewhere. So it wasn't a peculiarity of the Irish system that generated this. This is, if you take a broader historical perspective, you find 
uh, find uh, th these experiences. Secondly, in a comparative context, again, there's a sense that all of these institutions are uniquely Irish. Uh, whereas, in fact, as I was saying earlier, reformatory schools originate in France, industrial schools originate in Edinburgh, mother and baby homes, certainly the ones we had in Ireland, came from London. Uh, they were invited over from London to be established in Cork initially, uh, the Sisters of Ireland, Sacred Heart of Jesus and Mary, because of their experience of running mother and baby homes here in London. Uh, Magdalen homes came from France because of the track record of the Good Shepherd Sisters in running Magdalen homes in France. They came to Dublin in 1858. So none of these institutions are uniquely Irish, and indeed most European countries and North American countries, and Australia, had this gamut of institutions. So again, understanding industrial and reformatory schools need to be placed both in their um, national context, in that broader context, and in a broader comparative context. Um, and the fourth methodological problem with the, way in, with the Ryan Report, and in terms of its portrayal of the history of the scheme or the history of the system, was that Ireland was unusual that three years into the work of the Commission, seven years before it completed its work, we established a redress scheme. So we didn't wait till the Commission had made a determination on whether the system was abusive or not. Uh, in 2002, we set up a redress scheme. Um, and 16,000 people went before the redress scheme um, and got an average award of about 67,000 euros. Um, and as a consequence, and was pointed at the time, this would have an adverse impact on the Commission's role in producing a historical account because the majority of people decided to, not surprisingly, because this is an issue, you repeatedly tell your story. If you are going to tell your story, you might as well do it before the group of people who would provide a monetary recompense rather than uh, this other forum. But it meant as a result, the number of people giving testimony either to the confidential committee or to the investigative committee dropped dramatically. Uh, so about only 10% of those who went to the uh, redress board gave evidence to the commission. So in terms of writing an historical account, your sample is deeply skewed because the majority of people went elsewhere uh, rather than to the commission. So I think as a consequence of those four methodological difficulties, it's a very decontextualized report in terms of the historical account. It doesn't place in comparative context. And the number of people who gave evidence was so small that it's very difficult to provide a general historical account as a consequence. Thank you. Okay.